Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir. And I'll tell you, i just really excited about what's going on in the game of basketball right now. And, you know, and I, and I think if you're looking now as we're college seasons down to the last month or so before the, you know, turn, conference tournaments and then the NCAA tournament, it's a great time of year. And I think you're going to find today's guest is one, that, a woman that I respect so much. She's one of the best coaches in the country, men or women. Her teams at Florida State excel every year. This will be the 12th NCAA tournament in the last 13 years. Sue Semra is a star. And I learn from her every time I'm together with her, whether we're at a clinic together or visiting with her and her team. Uh, She is just the complete coach. And her success will dictate it. I think you're really going to enjoy, after these breaks, Sue Semro. Fast Model Sports is the world's most versatile basketball coaching software to help power your preparation. Fast Model has developed the industry's best coaching software, including the number one play diagramming and playbook software, FastDraw. FastDraw bridges the gap between whiteboarding and the digital world with an incredibly easy-to-use interface that can be used on both your computer and your iPad, providing maximum portability for your own personal play and drill database. doesn't stop there. Along with FastDraw, they have other great programs such as FastScout, which I have used, which helps coaches create clean professional sky reports customized for your team. FastModel is trusted and used by every NBA team and WNBA team and 85% of Division I college teams and over 8,000 high school and youth teams from over 75 countries around the world. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 5,000 free plays and drills for their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. And I'm so excited today. One of my dear friends, Sue Samaroff, the head coach of Florida State, is our guest. Sue, welcome to Coaching You Podcast with the Coach. Thanks, Brennan. It's a, it's an honor. Well, you know, uh, I, I love the women's game, as you know, and I can't, and I love the rules of the women's game. And maybe our men someday will be smart enough to copy the women. And play. I think they'd love it. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice if they became the last league in the world not to play four quarters? Maybe we can, you know, adapt and get a little tough. Maybe we might even advance the ball and, you know, to get a good shot at the end of the game instead of getting embarrassed <laughs> when we have Hall of Fame coaches throwing the ball out of bounds and with three, three five seconds left. But maybe they'll catch on. You know, they're a little <laughs> slow, those guys. How have you loved the rule changes in a women's game, Sue? Uh, I have really loved it. I, and, and I think, you know, for the fans, it's a lot of fun. You get those end-of-quarter opportunities, you know, double the time than you do when you play the mm-hmm. half and the end of the game you have the opportunity to advance the ball and it just makes it so exciting I think for the fans and for the players I think the players really enjoy it I talked to one of my assistant coaches who played in the WNBA and when we went to four quarters she said you know I really love the four quarters I said what what was the difference for you she said I'll tell you the truth the difference was when you looked up and you had played four minutes you look at the clock and it says it says six minutes 
instead of saying 16. Mm. <laughs> she said, as a player, you felt like, oh, I can go six minutes. Sure. But, you know, 16 seemed like a lot. And she said, even mentally, it was uh, it's just refreshing. So I, I really enjoyed that piece of it as well. How has it changed, let's say, uh, the way you practice at all? Has it and as far as, uh, you know, different things that you're preparing for? Well, you know, the interesting thing for us is that in order to get those uh, same number of TV timeouts, the timeouts now are extremely long, two minutes and 45 seconds for a timeout. We have to make and money. So, we have to shoot, make I could go get yeah. my nails done during a timeout. <laughs> I mean, it's so long. But uh, so we've been able to go really hard um, yeah. and then practice. But we, you know, we used to go four minute segments, but now it can go, you know, anywhere from two to five or six, you know, and so we we've been able to work more on um that the tempo of the game in that way but also you know to that sideline out of bounds play is a lot more important now than it's ever been before you know that's the thing that always got me uh, when i came back from the nba to college basketball 90 in the in the pros uh you know, 80% of our out-of-bounds plays are on the side. Every violation's on the side, you know, any foul mm-hmm. that's away from the basket. All fouls are on the side, every common foul. And only a ball that went out-of-bounds is on the, on the baseline. And now all of a sudden I come to college, 90% of the, ball, of the balls are out-of-bounds on the baseline. And I'm, I go, I don't have that many good plays. And the best <laughs> plays are on the side. And, uh, you know, and, and I think, you know, you, you, I watch some, I love watching the women's games uh, and the WNBA games. And uh, what I see is terrific uh, plays. Uh, you know, they, they actually, you know, play basketball as far as strategically better than the men's college teams do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, the yeah. team plays. I, I really think they play. They run better stuff, which I love to tell them. It's the truth, you know. I, and and you can learn so much. We have so many uh, coaches on the men's side that say, "I love watching WNBA games because they really coaches run really good stuff." Well, you mm-hmm. know what? The players are so good at that level. You have to. Right. You know? Right. Well, yeah, I had the opportunity to work with uh, the senior national team in a training camp uh, this past fall and just the level of the players that have played professionally for years is is so different than even, you know, the top collegiate level and what you can do and the th- stuff that you can draw up. It's it's just night and day. It's really a lot of fun. How did Dawn enjoy that? That was her first actual time, yeah. I think, with the national team it, as the head coach, correct? Yeah, she is. And, uh, you know, she. I think she enjoyed it. Uh, we did have uh, some of the players missing uh, was, due to the WNBA finals, wasn't it? playoffs. Yes, yeah. yes. So, But it gave, gave her a chance to see some of the younger players uh, and – you know, maybe the, the, the next tier, you know, Sue Bird was there and she sets herself apart. It's unbelievable the way that she understands the game, but then the younger point guards behind her, who is going to be that next Mm. level? Who is going to be that next Sue Bird? And uh, so I think, I think that was really good. A really great start for, for Dawn in, uh, in her era. 
And it was a tough location you had to go to, if I'm not mistaken, you know. And, it was. It really uh, stunk. You know, Santa but... Barbara is just awful in October, <laughs> I'll tell you what. It's really awful if it gets below 75 there. But, you know, but what a neat experience uh, for you, though, to get to work, you know, not only in, you know, you. I think, you know, you and the ACC and the SEC are the two best women's conferences from my point of view in the country. Sure. and and the competitiveness of the 14 teams in the SEC and the 15 in the ACC are, I mean, it's like the, it's 29 teams. It's like the NBA. Uh, and, you know, and it's just like the NBA, you have a team on any given night in each of those leagues that can beat you. And maybe there's one or two that aren't that good, but even on a given night at home, they can beat you. So, uh, you know, I think that makes for your tournament ready, wouldn't you say, when you get to the NCAA tournament? Well, no question. You know, top to bottom, you can't take a night off in the ACC. And you, know, you look at, you know, we had a game up at Syracuse and the they had a kid that just went off and, you know, you don't expect it. And, you know, we end up losing that game. And we were at the time, you know, a top 15 team. And uh, it really woke us up in, in a big way. Um, you know, we've we've been able to regroup some and uh, then you go up to Louisville who had just beaten Notre Dame, you know, by 30 and were able to, to win that game. And it felt like a January tournament game. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't the prettiest uh, offensive game by any stretch. And both of our teams are really good offensive teams, uh, but it was the grind. It was the, 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 magnitude of the game that really helps you to prepare to be tournament ready in March. You know, uh, this year, you know, God willing, you know, will be your 12th, I believe 12th time to make the tournament in the last 13 years, which is just incredible. And, uh, but you know, you're playing your style of play. What, what has been the secret? I mean, obviously it's always players, 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 you know, um, you know, except when it's time to renegotiate your contract and it's coaching. <laughs> but, but you know, when, when you know, what has been, uh, you know, the things, the you know, the core values that say that that make your program stand out, Sue. Well, I think you know we are who we say we are, and it from day one we we really talk about truth, and we talk and we talk straight to our players about you know what we need them to do, who they are. Uh, We try to um, put in front of them the goal of being a strong, powerful, beautiful woman. And with that, there are so many uh, different components. You know, it's about, uh, there's, it's about life. It's not just about basketball. And I think it's important that as you, as you care for and challenge the person, then they become, uh, stronger in that area. You challenge the student, you have them strive for lifelong learning, and then you challenge the athlete. But if the first two aren't there, you know, then their their minds are going to be other places. You know, if they're not growing and as a as a person, if they're not being stretched in their character, then what chance do you have of really stretching them on the basketball court? So that's the the core for us. It's it's so important. And then when it comes to the basketball side of things that we really know that I would love to be the best defensive team uh, in the league. We aren't this year. We're 
we don't have that same level of of grit that maybe we've had in years past. We're more talented on the offensive end, but when it really comes down to it, our team year in and year out is going to rebound and that can cover a multitude of sins. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we look at that as the, the great equalizer. And um, so we've had some pretty good rebounding teams um, over the past, you know, 10 years. How do you teach grit? My friend, John Gordon, that's like his thing that separates p- people of talent is grit. Is there any yeah. secret that you have for it? You know, uh, that's a great question because we ask ourselves that all the time, that and how to teach leadership. Um, I think that there has to be a challenge every day that you win or lose every possession. So it's not about the day. It's not about, uh, it's just about winning and losing everything that you're doing. And we once we implemented that into our practices and started to talk about what a win looks like you know win doesn't necessarily mean the ball just going in the basket a win means a great screen a win means and we we were able to measure that um things changed and we played with more grit uh i also think it's important when you look at a bell curve which most of life is like a bell curve and you're you're climbing, you're climbing, you're climbing, and then you get to a point where you want to realize, man, I'm at the top of it, and I want to enjoy where I am. Well, if you enjoy it, you're going to slide down the other side. And so, when you right before you get to the top of that bell curve, you start a new bell curve, and that's so important each and every season. I feel like I feel like I missed that opportunity after Louisville. I felt like maybe I needed to wait until after we played Notre Dame to start that next bell curve and found that we had hit the peak and we were starting to slide down. Today in practice, we will restart a new bell curve and start that climb again. And with that climb is grit. You've got to have the, the, you know, Angela Duckworth, she wrote a book about grit and she calls it the passion and perseverance for a long-term goal. And that's what we will teach is the passion in winning every possession and the perseverance in doing it time after time after time. You know, I, I, you know, I think we learn a lot from our players and I remember Isaiah Thomas taught me, um, I, as a coach, every time we lost, as especially I was an assistant coach, as an assistant coach, every time we lost, you know, my head went down, you know, you're, you're sad, and, you know, and then, you know, the head coach is going to be nuts. <laughs> and so, you know, and so that's the way we're, you know, we're wired. And and he said to me, and he was 27 years old at the time, he said to me, Brendan, um, don't get too high when we win, don't get too low when we lose. And I'm like going, you only went to college for two years. How the hell you know so much, right? You know, mm-hmm. and uh, he was so right. And I think that's what we do as coaches. We mess up because we fall. We, we, we're we down that curve. We're on the ground. We, we're underwater. I mean, we're so bad right. after a loss. And I think kids, as we've seen in AAU ball or whatever, they bounce back, you know, they're, they're ready to go for a McDonald's for a happy meal, you know, a half hour after the game, you know, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, and, and, and I think 
you know, we need to have a little of that. Chuck Daly once taught me that uh, he said, we can be down, but when that clock hits midnight, it's a new day and we got to change and we got to mm. bounce back. Mm. And I think that's the key to get that resilience, that persistence that Angelo talks about is for us as influential leaders to set the tone, set the example for our players. Absolutely. Thoughts on that? Yeah. I, you know, I had the privilege of working with, uh, Coach Bowden here at Florida sure. State for Tremendous. many years, and uh, he taught me so many things, and that is one of them. Is you know, again, he I, I don't know how many times he lost, not many. It wasn't many. He I'll was in the top five in the country for fourteen consecutive years, and so there's a lot to learn <laughs> from a man that really understands uh, the the whole. St- length and the breadth of what we're getting ready to do. And you have to break it down into small pieces. And once that piece is over, once that game's over, you're on the next. And where are you? And you do, you have to set the tone. Uh, you have to set the tone with your staff. You have to set the tone with your with your captains and with your team. And I think it's important that you gather yourself, you, you get away, you get perspective and then you come in, you know, saying, let's go. You know, this is where we're going. This is how we're doing it. You know, here's our vision for what's next. And here's the plan. Now we need to go and take action on it. I, I, I love that. And, you know, that's coaching is so much mental. Uh, yes. And, and, and <laughs> you know, and I think, you know, one of the things that I, you know, and I try to learn from everyone, you know, and, 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 take what's appropriate and put it into my philosophy. And Coach K years ago, um, you know, taught me about collective responsibility. And I think that is one of the most things that most coaches are absent of, that when we win, all of a sudden, yeah, we're, we're, we're a big part, maybe even bigger than we think we are of the reason we won. <laughs> uh, and, and, uh, and then when we lose, we had nothing to do with it. <laughs> we had nothing to do with it. And, and I think that is one of the really saddest things that we do. I mean, it's like, you know, I, I know a lot of parents that take credit for their kids being A students, and then it's the mm-hmm. husband's fault when they get a D or an F, you know. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's just not that way. You know, we got to be part right. of it, you know. And I think that's one of that's one of the reasons that the players will trust you, I think, if that happens. Well, I think that's... A- the, a big piece of my longevity is for whatever reason, whether it was my parents instilling it in me or a coach somewhere along the line, I always feel responsible. And I always, um, you know, in order to share that responsibility, um, I talk with other, other people on my staff, but it always is my fault. And even if we play poorly and we win, it's always my fault. When I think if I can start there, then, and I can serve our team that way, then they start to take their own ownership of their own responsibility. If you, as a coach, put it on them, then I don't feel like they they own it or receive it, but they'll own it or receive it based on whether I will or not. And I think that keeps me crazy absolutely crazy you know i don't it, it it hurts worse than anything you want it more than the kids sometimes um but i think they they see that and at a young age and with their 
you know, maturity level not being anywhere near it's going to be in the next five, 10 years, um, they can learn something from that. Hey, let's take a second to tell you about one of our partners, Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish basketball shooting machines are the most high-tech and durable basketball shooting machines on the market today. Each shooting machine was designed specifically for high repetition training to allow players to improve through technology. Dr. Dish offers game-like training to give hundreds of shooting reps in just minutes and to provide powerful analytics to help players improve their game. Dr. Dish has also introduced Skill Builder, which is the first of its kind of basketball shooting industry that enables coaches and players to stay connected, design and upload training exercises that combine shooting, conditioning, and ball handling into one complete workout, and instantly receive feedback on their workout, allowing for real-time adjustments and improved performance. It is without question the most innovative basketball training machine on the market. It's been the official shooting machine of Coaching You for the last two years. To learn more about Dr. Dish, log on to Dr. Dish basketball.com or follow them on twitter at dr dish b ball when you go and recruit and i and i often uh, think about this i think it's so hard to recruit uh high school kids uh for college because of our rules uh, be, that we really don't get to know them and therefore, I know in the women's side as well as the men's side, we're having this tremendous problem with transfers because we didn't know really know each other. We thought she was talented, and they liked that we were an ACC school, let's say, and we played a great schedule, and we've got great record. We've got beautiful dorms and practice facility and all that good stuff. But they might have made their decision based on the wrong things. Uh, what could we do to help that? And then I think in a year, we're going to have an open transfer rule. I mean, right. everything. And that's good. You know, these are all these people that think that we, oh, man, this will be better. Oh, yeah. It'll be like <laughs> NBA free agency without having to give up, you know, contracts with, you know, every no salary cap. I mean, uh, everything's going to be open, you know. You know, I would probably sign, you know. What do you, what do you have as far as scholarships on a women's side? Do you have 15? Fifteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd have ten players on scholarship every year, and I'd have five transfers coming in every year. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's what's going to happen. I think, you know, I'm having five spots in second half of the year. I got a new team coming in, but uh, you know, but I, I what, what, what do we think? What, what can we do to help as far as the recruiting process with the seven, you know, evaluations and you know visits right. and all that stuff. Well, and I, I used to agree with exactly what you're saying, that we didn't know each other well enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't believe that anymore. Okay. I, I, with FaceTime and unlimited telephone calls and, okay. and all of that, I feel like we we do know each other. What we don't know, because we're not going to uh, ever really understand each other in this way, is is it going to be so critical to you that you come in and play right away that, that if you don't, you'll leave. Ah, good call. And, and I think that's where I see the, the impatience of this generation. And I, I don't understand it. I don't understand how they believe that they can just come in at a high level. Like we don't have sophomores, juniors and seniors. <laughs> and yeah. the, so 
that piece for me is is really difficult because you're bringing kids in that you you hope to develop but boy if you're already a top 10 team you better have some juniors and seniors that Absolutely. are playing the the majority of the minutes so you know i we try to be extremely honest with those players on where we are where they fit where we see them fitting um and at the same time i don't think that they're really understanding uh that that piece of of the puzzle so you know what 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 will change that i don't know yeah no it's an individual thing obviously and you know our friend tim elmore uh who you know as you've mentioned about the you know we don't deal with millennials really anymore we're in generation z and why and eyes and all of those things now these are the younger young people that we are dealing with now and their parents uh it's like a generation we've never coached right mm-hmm. yeah very much so and uh, i think there's everything is quick everything is immediate uh if i don't get what i want then i can i can go get it somewhere else uh, it, it's yeah, you know, even I was, I have a nephew who's in college and boy, that iPhone X came out and, you know, that was important that he got that. And, uh, you know, I, I just don't understand, uh, that the whole, um, you know, when you're older and you've been through it and you've, you have, uh, the, the means to go and get these things. Um, but now in our society, it's, I deserve it early. I deserve it now. And, I think rather than withholding something, parents have given that, you know, leniency to their kids and said, I'll just shut you up and I'll give it to you. And it's easier. <laughs> and, the, and the parents, and, and again, I, I'm one, so I mean, you know, but that were kids were in school and maybe I was the same. But I think our tendency now, especially that I, I've seen it, is the parents, no matter who the player is, really, even if you, you know, I had the best player in the world two years ago at LSU, Ben Simmons, and, you know, and I've also had just normal kids, and every parent wants more for their kids, which is natural, That's right. which is sure. normal, and, 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 but if they don't get it, they, it's not the kid's fault, it's your right. fault. It's, it's yes. got to, somehow it's your fault, you know, like, they don't know what he does, he or she does when they work for you in practice. They don't know what they're doing in the study hall, et cetera. Uh, they just know what the child tells them. <laughs> and it's, right. and it makes it so hard to coach uh, young people that don't have great guidance from home. I remember when we were kids, obviously, you know, the, te the teacher and the coach was always right, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and if we came home and that teacher wasn't happy with us, man, we got we got a wallop at home on top of it, you know, and those days are over. I mean, you know, uh, it, it's really, it, it makes it hard to coach. What's the skill set for an outstanding coach right now, in your opinion? Ooh, <laughs> boy, that's a tough one. Um, that's why I'm good girl. Yeah, you are. You are. You ask great questions. Uh, you know, I, I think the, the most important thing, and this is me, and there's a lot of people that disagree with me. Uh, they, I believe that you have to know the player before they care what you know. And so if you don't take that time 
to as a as a coach to really invest in caring and knowing the individual player uh that's where things can go south uh so i think you know a skill set is one having the um the initiative to get to know your players individually get to know how they learn get to know how they need to be challenged uh and then to make sure that there is a a real belief um and an ownership of truth and not trying to manipulate someone into doing this i think i think that that young people are really smart and and they understand what's going on and if you call things as they are i think that's important you've got to have thick skin to be a coach right now you know it's i'm just heard from one of my young coaching friends that you know she thought everything was going great and with her best player and her best player walks in and says, I think I'm going to transfer. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's having thick skin and saying, well, you know, it, if that's a way that you, if you don't believe in this program, then go. And that's really hard on a coach because you've invested so much time into the recruiting process and into the player. So it's, you know, obviously understanding the game, being a good teacher, but also um, delegating those things a lot of times so that you as a head coach can can really understand and then think ahead what is what's the next thing that's coming uh you you just can't be in the moment you've got to make sure that you know what is the next thing i love that that's great our friend john gordon um which i i i think he's so so good in this area uh, in his book, I think it's The Carpenter, he uh, talks about, he thinks the top three leadership things, and I think they're the top three things in coaching, is you have to love your players, you know, you have to serve yes. serve your players, and you got to care for your players. And I think that is that is absolutely the best, you know. You know, so that, yeah. yeah, yes, I, I agree. And, and he, uh, you know, he's such a great um, author and, and just great thinker in all of this and you know he's uh, he gets it and uh, he doesn't have to do it every day so he can write about it but boy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> boy he helps us that have to do it every day and uh, he comes up with some really fun things that uh, help you to understand uh, just the whole process well, Sue, listen, thank you so much for your time. I think, uh, you know, you know, I remember talking during the summer with you and, you know, with several of the injuries that you had, you didn't know what the squad was going to look like this year. But as always, you're masterful in, uh, in the way you develop players and you develop a team, and I marvel at it. And, you know, I, I look at I don't care if you coach men's basketball, women's basketball, coaching's coaching. And you are an absolute master at it. And I, I thank you so much for sharing with our men coaches and our women coaches because, uh, you know, coaching is coaching and you're one of the best. So thank you so much and so kind and continued success into the tournament this year. Brendan, you're, you are a, a gem in what you do to try to help all of us to share and become better. And I can't thank you enough for all that you do. Well, I can't wait to come by Tallahassee and spend some time with you and the team. Listen, uh, thank you again, and uh, I look forward to the end of the season to visit with you. Thank you. 
Really enjoyed our visit with Sue. She's terrific. And uh, again, follow their Florida State Seminoles as the season concludes. And I think if you ever get a chance to go through Tallahassee, watch her practices and stuff, you'll be amazed. She's a terrific coach. Again, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Coaching underscore you or at Brendan Sir. And again, uh, on Mondays, you can see uh, my play of the week with Brendan Sir. And also Wednesdays, our podcast. And make sure that you subscribe to our podcast uh, on iTunes. So please, uh, I think, you know, obviously we appreciate that. And uh, looking forward to those of you that have already signed up uh, and are joining us at our super 10th anniversary VIP experience out in Las Vegas, July 9 and 10, uh, where we're going to have the best event we've ever had approximately 15 of the best basketball minds and teachers in the world will be sharing the game with you. Incredible price point right now. uh, $349 gives you everything. Videos, meals, pad folio, dry fit, coaching you shirt, and more. Opportunity to meet all the speakers that come in. You'll be sitting courtside. I think it'll be a great experience, one you'll never forget. For those of you that haven't missed a session, we appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you in July. Till next week, this is The Coach.